the intention of the podcast is really to help guide people back to their true selves. So I'm excited to speak to you. That sounds great. I've been really enjoying the episodes. And I think I told you when I was reaching out to you yesterday, I had it playing in the background while I was working. Yeah. It's been really nice to hear all the different perspectives. Yeah, it's incredible. Like every single woman has been like through something. And it's just amazing to hear like each one of your stories, how you've got from like where you were to where you are now. So I would love to ask you like, who was Stephanie like in this other era that is like not the person that you are now? Oh, so Stephanie was trying to do everything. Um, Mm. So I grew up with a lot of strong women in my life and Mm. I have this work ethic instilled in me from them that says that if you're not working um, 10, 12 hour days, then you're not going to be able to make it. You're not going to be able to have a table and that constant feeling of we need to work harder and make sure that you're always working to plan for next month. And um, I think that that definitely was a good thing early on, um, going through college, going through PT school. I always had a full-time job while I was in school. That Mm -hmm. was something that was just mandatory. It didn't matter that you're in grad school, you you must still be working. Right. And I think where, it got me was to this place where I can now say I own my own business. And Mm -hmm. I just hung up a two hour phone call with one of my newest staff members. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, having that ability to be sitting here in Florida while my office is running in New York, Mm -hmm. the best result of that strong ethic and hustle. Yeah. But where it started to go wrong was, um, you know, kind of last year, maybe January, February. So before the world went upside down, um, I was working these long hours and I was presented with an opportunity to uh, partner with someone Mm -hmm. else and kind of start from scratch and redo it again. Okay. It sounded really exciting and, you know, everything was in place. To mm-hmm. do that right and then instead of feeling the same excitement that i felt when i was opening my practice in 2017 mm-hmm. this like overwhelming sense of digging my heels in okay it was this feeling of if i do that i have to start from scratch and then what's the long-term plan mm-hmm. build it up for two years and then start from the ground up again and then mm-hmm. build up for two. so when do I get to enjoy all of this mm-hmm. hard work? Yeah. And I really had to sit with it and figure out why am I not excited for this? I should be excited for this. And instead yeah. it was so much dread. And I was trying to think of every excuse of why it would fail. And it wouldn't have failed. Um, it just would have resulted in me doing the same thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> on this never-ending cycle and that was the thing that you were like just not excited about exactly uh I 
you know, my work hours are, so if we're talking about 2018, 2019, and mm -hmm. you know, the beginning of last year, my work hours are um, 5.15 in the morning. I would mm -hmm. run to catch the train. Patients from 7 a.m. until 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then that means I'm getting off the train somewhere around 9.15, 9.30. Right. Sometimes I would go to the gym after that just to clear my head. Wow. And then um, I was sleeping from, you know, midnight till 4.30. Oh like, my gosh. And you would function like, okay, or? I was, I was going through my day. That's all I knew. Yeah. So, I was slowly, you know, towards the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I was slowly trying to cut my hours and I was taking some mornings for myself. So I had, you know, maybe two mornings where I wasn't getting up so early. Mm -hmm. I constantly felt like it was go, go, go. Yeah. How did you break out of that? Um, well, I started to think about what I could do. So February 2020, I started to think about what actually excites me. And what excited mm -hmm. me the most was when other people were coming to me with their business ideas. Yeah. I would just go on a tangent, right? I would tell me everything. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know all of your plans and what's the future yeah. and why are yeah. you doing it. And yeah. I would be so amped up. And then when it came to starting a second office and, you know, starting from the ground up again, mm -hmm. I wasn't excited about it for me to do it because I, no. I had my baby and my baby was yeah. doing really well. Yeah. Um, so the idea of bringing a second child in, it was like, how do I split my attention? What's, you know, mm -hmm. it felt like impossible. Yeah. But helping someone else go through that starting cycle was really exciting for me. So I started to talk to, I actually reached out to um, a business coach and mm -hmm. we only had one session, but it really gave me some clarity over how to slowly remove myself and start to make time for those other conversations because that yeah. got me excited. And then being excited like that gave me more energy for my patients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm seeing, 12 hours of patients a day, um, yeah. it could be a little bit draining if that's the only thing that you're doing. And mm -hmm. I wanted to be just as on and give just as much of me to each one of those sessions. So mm -hmm. you know, 12 people a day, I'm trying to give my all to, but there was no sense of balance or um, exploring other areas of interest for me. Yeah, I'm so curious. Was it like a smooth or were there like things that you really had to let go of to, to live this life that you're living now? Um, so it definitely wasn't a smooth transition and that's because March and April of last year weren't smooth for anyone in New York. Mm -hmm. um, but that gave me the time to take a step back and really figure out how to revamp this so that okay. it's not just endless cycle mm -hmm. right so there's two ways of growing when you're in a physical one way is you see more patients so you see mm -hmm. more volume in the same amount of time mm -hmm. my model it is individualized care so that's not an option for our group okay. and then the second option is to expand and 
So I was mm-hmm. working on expanding into that other location and it just, that other traditional route of expansion just didn't feel right to me. Okay, yeah. So what I in March and April when we had no patients, right? Everybody uh-huh. just stopped coming into the office. We were working on video session. Mm-hmm. We were seeing maybe five to 10 visits each a week. Versus before that, I was seeing 12 in a day. Mm, The difference um, was drastic. And then the rest of my time, I spent trying to talk to other business owners to see what they were doing. How are you making it through this? How are you Mm. you handling your employees? The thing that was most upsetting to me is the majority of my colleagues were handling their practices by cutting their teeth. Okay, so we can't afford overhead if we don't have any income. So mm. in order for the business to float, we're going to fire everyone and we'll just start from scratch when mm-hmm. things open up again. And that was a devastating thought to me. You just kind of cut the head off of what yeah. you built. Yeah. And the reason it was so scary is because if I fire all of them, that means that I'm the one who has to figure it out alone. Right? Mm-hmm. I want those people to help me figure out how to come through this and how to evolve the business. Yeah. So what I did instead was I assigned everyone a list of patients and a list of our um, network to reach Mm -hmm. out. We just started calling and emailing everyone. How are you doing? Is there anything that we can do for you? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be PT related. It doesn't have to be business related. What are you going through right now? Yeah. Do you still have a job? Are you moving back in with your parents? What's your situation right now? We Mm -hmm. want to talk about it. Right. And that kind of got us through March and April. And then we started to see people get comfortable with video sessions. Mm-hmm. And we started to give more value by creating blog posts and um, just doing these kind of free workshops with people. Yeah. And we stayed afloat. And then all of a sudden we went from five video sessions a week to 20 video sessions a week. Mm. And then when things started to open up and it was okay to come back into the office, instead of opening up 40 hours a week in the office, what we did was here's one day you can come in in the office mm-hmm. and everybody else is going to be on video. And okay. we kept it at one day and then I would alternate with um, the other therapist and everybody else was on mm-hmm. video. And I'm really glad that we did that because now we have a business where we have full-time hours in the office and full-time hours on video. So my way of growing was kind of evolving and adding a service that I didn't even know would have been possible if you talked Mm. to me in 2019. Wow. I love your vibe, by the way. Like you have such an expansive mindset. Like when you were speaking about how you know, it was devastating to you to like, to even think of letting like your employees go. I just love vision for like what you want. And it's more of like an internal drive more than anything. And it's like, you're not really listening to like, what people think you should do or this or that you're really going with like what feels right for you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely hard because there there is a lot of noise. And there's know your core network you listen to their advice Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I had 
even my medical records company was sending me uh, newsletters of this is the proper way to let go of your employees. Like, oh, how, how is it even coming from them? Yeah. And wow. um, I actually found um, two people during that time frame. I leaned into Simon Sinek's work. Mm -hmm. and I started even asking my team to go through these drills of what is your why? Talk to me about yeah, why you went into so, this so yeah. that we could kind of connect and make sure, hey, we're all on that same wow. path. Yeah. And then uh, Raj Sadodia, I'm probably going to butcher that name, but um, he talks about conscious capitalism. Mm. So, yes, we're all in business because mm. we want to put a roof over our head. We want to provide for our family. But the real reason that we're in business is because we want to provide a service for people. We want to help people. So mm -hmm. if we keep our people, mm -hmm. our customers and our staff at the forefront of what we're doing, we always prioritize their needs. Mm -hmm. We will be more successful in the long run than if you wow. only look at your bottom line. Yeah, I love that. I've got goosebumps just like listening to that. Yeah, that's so true. You, you have to look at his work because I feel like it would really align with your thought process. Yeah, for sure. How do you find setting boundaries? Um, that is something that was non-existent for me um, in mm. the beginning of business. Um, I mean, in the beginning of graduating PT school, I, right from the beginning, I didn't really have any sort of boundaries because I just had that mindset of the more you hustle, the mm. faster you'll get ahead. And yeah. yes, it got me there, but there were, you know, some costs of my own health along the way. Mm -hmm. um, as far as now setting boundaries, after going down to such a low volume of patients and just having mm -hmm. all of this free time, I reconnected with what feels good to me. And, mm -hmm. you know, it actually does feel really nice to get seven, eight hours of sleep sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, I feel better and I have more value to provide to my patients if yeah. I'm not getting up at five o'clock in the morning, right? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the things that I was cutting out just seemed so silly to say out loud. Um, I used to have the feeling of, you know, the people that are coming to me are in pain and mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be helping them. So if they ask for a session, I have to say yes. So I would right. have situations where I was working that 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. shift, Thursdays mm -hmm. were my like, crazy marathon day. And sessions are 45 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And then I would give myself 45 minutes for lunch. And right. during that 45 minute break, I would reset the room and cleaning and then try to eat and then you know be ready for that next patient. Yeah. There were so many times where I would get an email somewhere throughout the morning of someone that was in pain and I would just give them my lunch slot. Oh, and I would just oh go. Oh my God. And, you know, I didn't even realize until I started to put these things back into my life last mm -hmm. year. Um, breakfast didn't exist. I would have, you know, a Lara bar and a cup of coffee, uh, you know, double espresso with nothing in it on the way in. And then my afternoon would be a second cup of coffee. And then somewhere around five, six o'clock, I would try and like sneak something in. I would mm -hmm. usually bring lunch and then it would be going home with me the next day. Like 
And so you functioned. Uh, you functioned doing all this. And sleeping four hours a, a night. So, you know, these are not healthy habits that I would push on anyone. Um, it got the job done. That's the thing. So it worked, but it wasn't mm. sustainable in any cost. Yeah. Do you think you could have got to that level without all that? Yes, but I didn't know it then. Mm. And I didn't feel comfortable saying no when okay. I asked for an appointment. So you asked right. if I set boundaries. The way that I set boundaries is um, I hired an office manager. Okay. Okay, so now the patients that are in pain are not telling me their pain, mm -hmm. right? So I don't see that yet. Oh, when they're coming okay. to make an appointment, they're telling yeah. her. And she is uh, an objective third party mm. who's saying, okay, well, this is what the schedule looks like and yeah. this is what we can get you in. And even so, even though she's not the person who is directly working on healing and recovering, she still mm -hmm. feels the pressure sometimes of, no, but this person has a lot of pain. Are you sure you can't get them in today? Yeah. Right? Wow. You know, it's, it's a really hard place to be in where mm. you're trying to say no to someone who really needs that help. So having a third party yeah. has been a game changer just takes like the emotional aspect out of it right, right. yeah so what's your life like now so my days are much more flexible now mm -hmm. and um you know since january we have kind of expanded in a few different ways so i've hired a, a third staff member so now there's four of us all together and he's yeah, she's taken over um, a lot of my evening patients in the office. Mm -hmm. um, and then my days are more uh, spent doing administrative work. So okay. all of the behind the scenes that I used to do on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, outside of patient hours, I obviously didn't have any time at night. I would spend a, a couple hours one day a week and then on the weekends kind of catching up on all of those things. And, you mm -hmm. know, as, as a business owner, those things can't be ignored, looking at your books and <laughs> reviewing reports and set, you know, setting payroll and all of those good things are happening on a regular basis now. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm doing a lot of marketing, which has been really fun, um, testing out all of these different ways to just get our name out there and expand the brand. Yeah. And the other avenue that I'm having a really fun time with is exploring that side of me that loves to start a business. So I'm mm -hmm. coaching other physical therapists, most of whom got laid off last year. Right. I'm coaching them on how to create a business plan so that mm -hmm. they have a solid foundation for their PT practice. So I'm specifically honing in on you need to get all of your ideas that are floating around your head onto paper and look at the financials and the things that we hate to look at, right? We just want to run with an idea and say, I know yeah. it'll work because I'm a good PT, I'm a good therapist, people are going to come yeah. to me. That's not enough. We need to have a concrete plan. And that's really fun for me to go through that initial stage of just throwing the ideas onto paper and then hashing out, well, what is this going to look like in reality? How do we make mm -hmm. this a real thing? Because you'd be surprised how many business owners don't have any plan and they're just kind of going with it. And they're like, okay, well, I have more clients than last month, so we're doing good. And there's yeah. money in the bank account, so let's keep going. Wow. 
it, it really intrigues me about you how like you're intuitive yet you're very grounded as well like I feel like either like someone either has like one or the other but you've got both thank you yeah I'm glad that you call it grounded because you know my family would call it stubborn I have oh. one, I have one thing <laughs> I'm the type of person that makes a decision and then announces it. So I don't like okay. other people's feedback when I'm working through something mm. because it's very hard for other people to see my, my vision mm -hmm. until I have something to show you. So for example, you know, my PT office is in 250 square feet, 300 if you count the bathroom. Okay, so normal PT practices are somewhere around a thousand square feet, right? Okay. You have exercise equipment, you have multiple tables. I have one treatment table, mm -hmm. one waiting room chair, one desk. That's it. And somehow we have, you know, four providers. We have this, you know, beautiful growth out of this small place. Mm -hmm. But when I got the keys back in 2017, Everyone looked at me and said, what, how are you going to get a PT practice in what should be, uh, you know, this little teeny tiny storefront? Yeah. How are you going to do it? It's impossible. People are going to yeah. want new equipment. People are going to want all of the bells and whistles. And I think that people are going to see the value in my expertise and having mm -hmm. the availability of getting access to me more yeah. than they'll see the value of some fancy exercise equipment or beautiful new chandeliers or anything like that. And if I would have told them before I had the key in my hand, I think I mm -hmm. would have leaned into my doubts more. Reckon. So I had the key. You're telling mm -hmm. me it's not going to work. Well, too late because I signed a five-year lease. So we're all going to see it. I love that. I love that. You know, do you know who um, Sarah Blakely is? You know, the owner of Spanx? Yes. She also said the same thing, how like she didn't want to tell anyone her idea for Spanx until it was like a year later, till like she'd formed like her plans and like spoken to like manufacturers and stuff like that. Because like sometimes the energy of like people just like putting their doubts on you is like really enough to just like put you off. Yeah. Because when you're in that mindset, I, I've listened to some of her interviews, when, when you're in that mindset of trying to do something that hasn't been done before or something outside the box, mm. you're already questioning yourself. You're already thinking, you know, what if this fails? What are people going to think of me? Or yeah. what if I have to move back mom and dad, right? Like mm. all those fears. Well, you know, for me, I, in order to get the money to open my practice, um, mm -hmm. I worked three jobs. So it was even more crazy hours. I was working on Saturdays and Sundays. <gasps> and I got rid of my beautiful apartment that I absolutely loved in the city. So I, I lived out of the house for two years and then I went back to, to mom's house. Mm -hmm. and I sold my car and I ate peanut butter and jelly for about three months straight, don't ever show me peanut butter and jelly again. And that was it. I got rid of my subway ticket. I canceled every single subscription that I had. No Netflix, no, no automatic charges coming out of my credit card. And this was two years after I graduated. So I was making good money. Yeah. And I decided to just get rid of all of those kind of luxuries that I had 
and uh -huh. I took the train into the city. I walked the mile and a half to my office because I didn't want to waste 250 on the subway. And I just did it. I grinded until we were able to take uh, a salary. Oh my God, so your level of commitment. <laughs> I don't think I've come across <laughs> that, you know? That's hard. My mom still kicks on me for the peanut butter and jellies. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, peanut butter is so good as well. I can't believe like that's just like gone out your life now. <laughs> oh, for a while, for a while. Maybe I'll have some fondness for it after after some time. But now I'm really enjoying working from home. I get to cook three, four meals a day, mm. and really setting aside the time for meals. Uh, that is my non-negotiable now. I can do without the sleep, but I'm having my three full meals a day no more granola bars and coffee <laughs> yeah wow so your lifestyle has changed like literally every single thing has changed pretty much absolutely and the thing is i'm still growing the practice and i'm not the only one working on it mm. it doesn't just have to be me and i think that was my biggest mind sh mindset shift is thinking about um, the business owner who opens the local diner. And every time you go in, you see Joe from Joe's Diner, right? He's always there, whether you're there at seven o'clock in the morning or at midnight, he is the one who's making your burger. Mm -hmm. Versus the business owner, like, I don't know if you know Sweet Green's story, but Sweet Green, they hustled in the beginning and then they figured mm -hmm. out how to get other people to copy their model. So a little bit more right. of a franchise model, right? And they realized that they didn't have to be the one making the salads. That wasn't their benefit. They had to provide the vessel for mm -hmm. other people to come in mm -hmm. and then they expand. Their benefit was their ingenuity, right? Right. Yeah, you've I expanded my mind. Yeah, I use that as an example because I really like their mindset if they wanted to bring healthy food to college students. Like that mm. was their big thing. And, you know, they knew that they didn't have to just stop with their one store because if they taught other people how to come in mm. and run the business, they could continue to grow. And that's a really hard thing when you feel like the business is your baby, right? <laughs> Letting yeah. someone take care of your baby. How do you like remove your ego in that situation? That's exactly what you have to do. Um, so when I hired uh, the first therapist, the easiest way to remove my ego is the fact that she was a teaching assistant when I was in school. So she's two years ahead of me. Mm -hmm. um, so the easiest way to remove my ego is she should be the person teaching me. So right. there is no ego. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they always say the best thing you could do is to hire someone who knows the, um, the thing that you need done better than you, right? Right. Right. So um, the way that I started transitioning my patients to her, because obviously everyone only knew me and they were coming to the practice with my name, mm -hmm. they didn't know House of PT, they knew Stephanie. Mm -hmm. So in order to make that flip, I started talking about her, started saying, I'm so excited that Jillian is coming to work with me because I'm going to learn so much from her. Mm. We went to the same school, but she graduated two years ahead of me. So she's already been working for two years longer than me. And mm. she works with Broadway performers, which I think is amazing. And she gets to go backstage with these dancers. And I know you're a dancer. 
um, do you want to talk to Jillian? And I would, I would kind of just phrase it like that, where I was like, talking her up. And all of these things that I was saying were very true. And I yeah. was so just taken aback that someone with more experience would want to work for me. And mm -hmm. I always say, you know, we work side by side and she teaches me and, you know, it's, it's a back and forth. But by doing that, I set her up with the expectation when patients were transitioning to her, they weren't skeptical of, oh, you're not Stephanie. Mm -hmm. They were like, I get to work with someone who works with Broadway yeah, dancers. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> with a different mindset. And yeah. Yeah, that's really how I approach all of our marketing is I want to highlight these amazing providers that are part of the practice. Right? Mm. And um, I also highlight our clients, right? Our, our patients are awesome. They run marathons, they run ultra marathons. Oh, that's um, so cool. You know, they're, they're doing these really cool things. And that's what's um, so unique and amazing about our practices. Mm -hmm. It's like whatever you're putting out, like you're going to get that in return. And it seems like you're very passionate, just like it's in your heart. And I can tell that like, it's not about the money. It's not about that. It's about like the service and like, I don't know, I just get a really good vibe from you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really enjoying our conversation. Oh, me too. I'm learning a lot. Yeah, and um, I had a point on that. Um, I, I lost my train of thought, but okay. Um, yeah. Is there like anything that you? Um, what else? Oh, so I know originally uh, when we were uh, talking about doing this conversation or having this conversation, mm -hmm. we were talking about the health aspects that go along with it. And yeah. obviously I highlighted some of the things that were missing, but mm -hmm. you know, the, the kind of catalyst for me to take a step back and really review what are my habits, because it wasn't just, you know, the idea of continuing on this path. There was this little impulse and, um, it was last uh, winter, so somewhere around January, February, we were having dinner all together as a family. And mm -hmm. when I say all together, I mean my fiance's family and my whole family together. And, you know, I love our, our Sunday dinners were everything at that time. And, um, my my mother-in-law reached over and she said, oh, you have a little patch of hair missing. And I said, what do you mean I have a patch of hair missing, right? So I had no idea. There was a perfect circle, quarter-sized bald spot right on the top of my head. Wow. And we had just come back from snowboarding. So I was like, oh, there must be something wrong with my helmet. So I went and looked, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's Velcro on my helmet. The Velcro must have taken it out. Yeah. And then, you know, I started to kind of look a little bit further, and there was a lot of reddening in the area, and there were some other areas that were kind of thinning. So I ended up going to a dermatologist because when I looked into it, it seemed like it was stress-related alopecia. So when you mm -hmm. lose your hair from um, mal malnutrition. Yeah. And when we did blood work, there were um, a ton of, kind of autoimmune markers that came up. So lots of inflammatory, um, poor absorption of vitamin D, poor absorption of the B vitamins. My iron was low, mm -hmm. all of these things. 
but I had that kind of no idea that was going on. I mean, I knew that I was slightly fatigued and, you know, my workouts weren't great and my sleep wasn't great, but I didn't yeah. realize that it was coming out physically. Wow. Right. On, on the surface, our family was doing great, you know? Um, so having that little kind of just reminder representation mm -hmm. that there was something actually going on and that mm -hmm. I was going down this path of an unsustainable life lifestyle, right? It yeah. was not practical to continue working those hours. And I remember what I was going to say before. I When I started to shift into pulling myself out of the practice, I had a patient say to me, you know, it's really surprising that you're not going to be the one treating me anymore because mm -hmm. I never thought that you would, was, you care so much about your patients. I never thought that you wouldn't want to be actively treating. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting to me, the perspective from the patient, because all they saw was that I was super passionate about what I do, which is great yeah. that that came across. But what he didn't see were the nights that, you know, I was eating dinner at 1030 at night. It wasn't about not wanting to treat him. And, you know, that's all that he got out of it was like, oh, so you're not interested in my outcomes anymore. Mm. You know, there are so many other things going on behind the scenes and I'm preaching health to you and I'm telling you to make all of these health changes in your life. And then what is my day to day look like? Am I living up to this? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so true. But you don't think about that with anyone, do you? Like anyone that you go and purchase anything, you don't think about their life, like when they go home. No, and I do think that's one of the great things that came out of everyone working from home last year and kind of just putting a huge pause on it is you start mm. to see what's going on in people's personal lives. So the mom who has a baby crying all night you don't know yeah. about them. when they walk into the office in the morning they're supposed to act professional they're not supposed yeah. to be about it but when you're on zoom and you hear that baby crying in the background all of a sudden you feel empathy for them and you're oh like, my god oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. wow you're so inspiring honestly like i just hope that i can grow my business in the way that you've grown yours because you've just grown it in such a beautiful way and yourself and other people and I don't know just good well I'm going to ask you do you have a business plan mm, probably not in the way that you yeah, recommend exactly. <laughs> yeah it's probably not like proper yeah, well, I would love to see it and workshop it with you. Obviously, my expertise is in the PT practice space, but mm -hmm. you know, I think hashing out the ideas and going through a plan um, for any business is very similar. Right? You just need to get yeah. it on You need to have all of your steps clear and then mm -hmm. hold you accountable because when it's just you, it's really easy to say, oh, it's okay, I'll do it tomorrow yeah yeah for sure with is it's like things are constantly changing so when i have a plan like my plan is going to keep changing I so i find it hard that. to stick to that i love that you said that it's always changing and you should review this plan either monthly or quarterly i i usually mm. review uh, my business plan quarterly and make adjustments and see 
what still feels true, what, what's working. And for the things that aren't working or that you didn't do, is it because mm-hmm. it's something that you really are just digging your heels in and you don't want to do it? And then is that something that you want to keep working on in your business or do you need to remove that and then, you know, shift? That's yeah. okay. But if you don't have it on writing and then you're constantly just changing based off of your newest idea or how you feel that day, then mm-hmm. what often happens is you don't close out any of your goals and you don't get to right. enjoy the satisfaction of we hit that landmark. So mm. it feels like never ending, we're not going to get there, we're, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Have, right? Um, it's the snowball effect. Once you hit one goal, it makes it easier to hit the next one. Mm-hmm. So if it's not on paper, how do you know you hit the goal? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I think, um, I mean, I would love to work with you. I really would. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's just an easy uh, workshop session. And there's a lot of questions to go through firsthand, uh, you know, mm-hmm. up front. And yeah. those questions pull out a lot of the plan from you without you having to mm-hmm. look at this blank sheet of paper and yeah. put it into categories. Yeah. So, okay because I I did a business plan like a year ago and it felt so good and it's like okay and it was written down okay but it just like even when I think of it now it just feels stiff Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by your approach yeah I I think we should do it so after this call send you the the questionnaire and I know that you have a ton of uh podcast interviews coming up so that's something else that you can look at at this point. You said that you were going to do uh, 30 podcasts in 30 days. And I see yeah. your schedule is so much longer than that. So you're obviously oh, getting momentum, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know how many women we're on now, but um, it's definitely going to be 30 in 30 days. And then afterwards, I think it's going to be maybe like two or three weeks. I'm not totally sure. Because like, I like my days off, you know, like anyone. And then right now <laughs> right. I'm not having days off. yeah it's important to to really honor that within myself and your plan was a hustle up front and then you have to make it more maintainable right so you got a huge push to begin it so now you're going to set some boundaries and do it a little bit more paced out now you've said that the way that I see it is like I've literally like birthed this child (laughs) and now it's like okay now yeah now I'm setting boundaries so yeah that makes total sense Mm. yeah absolutely it's such it's it the experience is like creating a baby and you know I I don't have any children so I know I'm you know a little bit naive in saying that but that's how yeah. attached you are in the beginning and how much effort you put into it where it feels like you want to watch this baby grow up. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's pure love as well. Like I really love what I'm doing and I'm loving working these like It's the first time in my life where I am loving this, but I do know it's not sustainable and I, I'm learning my lessons up front from you <laughs> to like <laughs> not go down that path for too long and just like honor yeah just honor like life lived it's not to be like hustled all the time so right and that's the beautiful thing that's come out of setting boundaries for me is i am 
enjoying my days so much more. I can take a break in the middle of the day and go for a mm. run or go for a swim. And I take my weekends off and I don't feel the urgency of answering an email as soon as it comes in on a Saturday. Yeah. Like yeah. I have those boundaries of, okay, you know, Monday morning, it will mm. still be there. And, you know, I'm not in emergency care where I'm sending someone to the hospital, right? The, the yeah. questions are usually manageable. Mm. So, so what's next for you then? So I am working on creating a way to um, do this PT business planning without having to be one-to-one. So mm-hmm. maybe something up where it's either um, a workshop that you could follow through and a couple video courses or a worksheet, uh, an ebook that you could purchase. So I'm trying to work on that right now to make it more accessible to everyone because I know mm-hmm. um, when you're first starting out, like me, I was trying to save every penny. So I didn't necessarily have the money to afford uh, a weekly business coach. Right. So that is my next step to make that more accessible. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, uh, you know, I'm working on kind of just expanding the the marketing expanding i'm now licensed to treat uh patients in florida so i could treat patients mm-hmm. in florida and new york mm-hmm. um so you know i have that option and yeah cool well i'm excited to see your journey and how it unfolds because it just seems to get like more and more beautiful and it's very inspiring so thank you for speaking about your story and yeah i really appreciate it Thank you so much for having me.